this time, from this generation unto all generations. My name is Pastor Kayla, and I am going, I have the honor of sharing this morning. And I normally, are with, I'm with our kids usually, so hello, Life Kids. I see that you're here. We love seeing kids. But we're going to get a little bit uncomfortable this morning. Is that okay? Sorry. We're going to get a little bit uncomfortable this morning, whether you're here in house or you're at home. Is that okay? Amen. Okay, so that means I want, if you want to amen, if you want to stand up, if you want to say whatever you need to say, I just pray in this moment that the Holy Spirit would speak to your hearts as we unpack the illusion of comfort together. See, comfort's this interesting word because comfort, one of the definitions of comfort, is freedom from pain or constraint. Now, many would say, you know, this is a good thing. I don't think anyone here or anyone at home is like, you know what I need in my life? I need a little bit more pain. I don't think, is anyone? No, I don't think anyone would say that. But the reality is, is that comfort can often become our cage that we dwell in. Comfort can be the thing that keeps us so constrained, so far from Christ. We can come to church on a Sunday. We can watch online. We can listen to worship music and read our word, yet we don't even know the Father. Last week, Pastor Jason talked to us about the prodigal son. And this video shared the same story. And in the video, we saw two sons who had both experienced the comfort and luxury of being in their father's house, but both also made a decision. One made the decision to take his inheritance and to go and discover what the world would say freedom is. Yet the other stayed. The other stayed, but was so far and so deceived. The reality of the story is that both make a choice and both reap the consequences. For one, the discomfort of his loss, his need and desperation led him running back to the father's house in repentance. For the other, he was led to stay exactly where he was. The son who remained in the father's house knew the father, was close to the father, yet had not experienced true intimacy with the father. This son knew the father, yet his comfort led him to a place where familiarity blinded him from the gift that was his father's presence. You see, it's only true intimacy to the father, not mere proximity, that leads us to true joy, comfort, and freedom. The prodigal son realized his need. He realized his need for the father and returned with a heart that was ready to admit his shortcomings. And in turn, he found true joy, having experienced the Father's mercy. But the one who stayed never experienced true joy. He was bound by his comfort. How often are we like the son who stayed? We're going to get real this morning. I'm asking myself this question. I want to ask each of you this question. How often are we like the son who stayed? We have all that we need around us. We're able to come to church, yet our soul is crying out and feels dead. We know about God. We read about God, yet our hearts feel dry and barren, crying out for revival, lacking true joy and longing for comfort. You see, in this story of the prodigal son, we see that the son's need became a catalyst that led him to his knees to a place of prayer and worship, to a place of repentance and true joy. 
When we admit our need for God, we find joy in his generous grace to us. And today we're actually going to look at a story of two men in the Bible. Two men who were marked by the God that they served. Two men who knew God the Father intimately and for that whose lives were forever changed. Two men who realized that they need God and that they allowed this need to bring them to their knees. You see, knowing Jesus changes us. I love Aiden and Gabrielle's testimony. The reality is is that when we know Jesus, we are changed. But only when we truly know him. Only when we've broken out of the place of comfort and become uncomfortable. We must never let the illusion of comfort rob us from truly knowing Christ. And I actually want to read, I felt like when you're in time of worship, I felt to read a word that I had written a while ago. And this was not planned, in case you were wondering. The thing is about the Holy Spirit is that you never stay comfortable. So even if you didn't plan it, you got to go with it. So I want to read this over us as a prayer as we get started this morning, as a declaration that this would be the posture of our hearts. So whether you're at home or here, I want to read this over us. Awaken, church, arise and shine, for the glorious light of Christ shines upon you. Awaken to experience the glory of his presence. He is reaching out to you today, reaching, ready and so eager to pull you from the pit that you find yourself in. The pit of shame, of isolation, of anxiousness, the pit of darkness. Don't be afraid of his piercing light. Allow him to enter in and shine upon you. For it is this light that brings dead things to life. He will exchange darkness for light, the old for new. He will bring life to what you thought was dead. He will make a way in the wilderness. He will pull you from the desolate place and strengthen you to stand upon the heights. Your good shepherd is waiting to awaken you. Will you let him in? Awaken, bride, come out of your coffins and leave behind your grave clothes. Awaken, for your king arise. Behold, he is making all things new. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. You've been revived for such a time as this. Do not look back and wish for what was, but behold the beauty of his presence. Step forth into his light, experiencing true joy and true comfort. Dry bones, awaken to your creator. Come alive. Let the wind of his presence breathe new life. Open wide the doors of your heart and let the power of his spirit sweep through, marking every room. Will you let him in? Awaken, child, step into his light and leave the brokenness behind. In him you are made beautiful and whole. Awaken to encounter unconditional love, overwhelming joy. For while you were still in darkness, Christ came for you. While you were dead, he never left you. He ran to you, and not for a moment will he turn his back on you. God so loved you that he paid everything to get you back. Everything you need is found in him. Every desire is fulfilled in him. You do not need to have it all to be whole. You simply need to find the one who makes all things whole. The one who takes broken things and makes them new. Will you let him in? And Father, I pray for every single person who is with us this morning or this afternoon, whenever they're watching. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would overcome them and that you would awaken them. 
Awaken them to your truth in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to jump into Acts 16. Just like I said earlier, we're going to jump into a story of two men who knew what it was like to be uncomfortable, to say the least. And I want to give us a little bit of background. A little bit of background on this story. It's really, we're going to skim through it. But Paul and Silas, those are our two characters for today in Acts 16. They were traveling around from town to town sharing the gospel. They were following the leading of the Holy Spirit, and they only went when the Spirit was leading them. And I love in there, it even says that they were prevented from going to places because the Spirit told them not to go. In verse 9, we see that Paul has a vision to go to Macedonia and that there was someone needing help. So they did not hesitate. They went off and they went to this town and found these people who needed help. They came to a town named Philippi, which was a town in Macedonia, and came across a woman named Lydia. She was a worshiper of God, and her heart was open to receive the good news of the gospel. Her and her household were all saved that that day. And I love that. Her and her household. The salvation was not just for her, but her household. Paul and Silas took spreading Jesus and the good news of the gospel as their joy. They took joy in spreading the gospel. They were obedient to the Spirit's leading, and they were seeing great fruitfulness in the ministry. You see, knowing Jesus led them to take joy in serving his kingdom. Joy comes as we are walking in the will of God. But what happens to our joy when things don't go as planned? You see, up to this point, Paul and Silas, they were content with their journey. They had ministered. People had come to salvation. But here's where our story takes a twist. On a way to a place of prayer, they encountered a servant girl who was overcome by an evil spirit. She was following them around and mocking them. And Paul, I love what it says. It says, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around, he took authority over the spirit, and it left the girl. Now, some would say this is a miracle. This young servant girl was set free this day. But her masters didn't see the same side of the coin. Her masters were upset because they realized that their ability to make money off this girl's fortune telling was over. And we're going to pick up in verse 19. So turn with me, Acts 16, verse 19, and I'm going to read it for us together. 16, all the way to 25. It says this, As we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain of fortune-telling. We're going to skip down to verse 19. That's the situation. Once they set her free, here's what happened. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, These men are Jews, and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. Now the crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore off their garments and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them, Paul and Silas, into the inner prison and fastened their feet in socks, in stocks. Imagine, imagine having come all this way, having heard the Holy Spirit, having followed the leading of the Holy Spirit to come and minister just to be met with a wall, having been thrown in prison, 
Imagine being beat and thrown into prison by doing the ministry that God had called them to do. And the reality is, is this isn't something foreign. This happens today, but all for the cause of the gospel. Paul and Silas counted the cost. They counted the cost of following Christ, and they took joy in that. Have you ever found yourself in a place where you were following God and all of a sudden hardships happen? Whether it's at school or at work or in your family, what does it mean? Why does it happen? Hadn't Paul and Silas been obedient to God? Why was this happening? Well, perhaps God was trying to show them that there is something greater than their own comfort. Let's read verse 25 together. And it says, At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. The reality is, is when you know Jesus, you know true joy. Paul and Silas had been obedient to the call of God and joyfully served the Lord. They found true joy, not in their circumstances, but in the God who they served. They knew that God had a greater purpose at plan. And though their eyes could only see their mission as a failure in the physical, in the spiritual, God was moving. He was doing something great. And they were overflowing with joy. They exemplified true joy in worshiping and praising God by choosing to do so, even when they were unhappy with the circumstances. This type of joy is only from the Holy Spirit. Because I don't know about you, but I don't know if I'd be able to be that joyful in my own strength. It comes from the strength of the Holy Spirit welling up within us that God produces in us. Joy is not just happiness. Joy is greater than happiness because happiness is just a feeling dependent on our circumstances. But joy is a choice we make in spite of them. I want to read this quote, and it's from the Stock Commentary. And I think it so beautifully illustrates this. It shares that anyone can be happy in pleasant circumstances, but real joy comes from within, and it is a gift available to all Christians at all times. Instead of cursing men, Paul and Silas blessed God. When you know Jesus, you know joy. But when you know Jesus, you also know true comfort. Paul and Silas were not comfortable by the word standards, but they were confident. They were confident in their God. They weren't comfortable with the circumstances around them, but they knew the God they served, and they stood on that truth. See, just like the video we saw earlier, the comfort that this world offers us is a mere illusion, but true comfort is found in Jesus. Just like the story of the prodigal son, Comfort can, can, own, can sometimes look a certain way, but true comfort is found in the presence and the person of Jesus. Your circumstances around you may not be comfortable, but God has a greater plan, and you can be confident of that today. Paul and Silas had chosen to have joy in the Lord and embrace Christ as their comfort, but things didn't change. You see, Paul and Silas were still in jail. They were still shackled in chains, yet they took heart and the God that they served. But what happens, just like this story, what happens when things don't change? What happens when things around us remain the same? That we can take heart and we can know that Christ is our comfort, 
But what does joy look like then? What does comfort look like then? What does it mean to find true joy and comfort in Christ, even when we remain bound in our chains and the prison doors remain shut? As we continue to unpack this hopeful story together, I would like to welcome Pastor Gabe to come up and share. Pastor Gabe. Amazing. Well, thank you, Pastor Kayla. It is an honor to be following such an amazing communicator like Pastor Kayla. She's our kids' pastor, and I'm just so honored uh, that she is the kids' pastor to my one-year-old. And I know that my daughter will grow and glean off of Pastor Kayla and her team. And you know, I'm just so thankful of all of the generation's pastors that we have at this church, Pastor Sam, Pastor Angela, Pastor Karen, and all that they do for our kids and for our students. They're such an incredible team. So if you're, uh, you know, you're online with us today, uh, I just, uh, next time that you see any of them, or if you see them in your Facebook feed, or you just have their email address, just send them a word of encouragement, because they are such an amazing, amazing team. And it's just great to see that our student ministry and our kids ministries are still uh, going, and that, uh, you know, when we are able to have them in the building, then we will, and it will be amazing, and we will be able to see um, even more lives change through their amazing work. So, and the powerful work of Jesus. So we just thank them so, so much. And, you know, I want to just also take a moment to congratulate all of our 2021 graduates uh, that, you know, this year they're graduating high school and going into the next thing that life has for them. And what's crazy for me to think is that some of these students were in grade six and seven when I was first youth pastor, and now they're graduating high school and going on to next things, and I can't even believe it. I can't believe that they're adults now. How crazy is that? Well, as Pastor Kayla said this morning, we had a power outage, and I got to preach in the dark. And uh, now I'm preaching to an empty room, but I got all of you online, so that is okay. So today, I want you to look to the person on the left or right of you. If there's nobody, just put it in the chat. I'm here to receive what God has for me, because I believe that God has put a message in Pastor Kayla that you just heard that was amazing, and I believe that God has put something in me for you to hear. So my prayer this morning is that there'll be less of me and more of Jesus. So we're picking up the story where Paul and Silas are in prison. They're stripped, beaten, and in shackles. And we pick up in verse 25, and it actually says this. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Everyone say or put in your chat, midnight. All right. Then verse 26, it said, suddenly. Everyone say suddenly. Put in the chat, suddenly. There was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose and there was a route to freedom. So my question for you today online is this. What is the place that you find yourself in today? What foundation has been built up in your life that you find yourself now maybe bound or captive to? And what do you see that, that are doors that are shut, keeping you restrained from the fullness of God? 
What do you see as a hurdle? What do you see as stopping you from moving forward? Perhaps it's insecurity. Perhaps it's doubt. Perhaps it's um, anxiety, depression, hopelessness. Perhaps it's something that's stopping you from taking the next step in him. Whatever it may be that's restricting you. Today, I want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. You may not know what it is. But God knows exactly what it is. Why? Because sometimes in a place of discomfort, we discover our destiny. Sometimes it's in a place of discomfort that we discover our destiny. You see, when you trust Jesus, things that were meant to destroy you no longer define you. We see that in verse 26 where it says, Suddenly there was a violent earthquake and the foundations of prison were shaking and at once the doors flew open and the shackles came off. You see, Paul and Silas thought that their mission here was almost complete. When they shared with Lydia and her whole house came to the Lord, they thought, we did it. We came here, people came to know God, and now we can go. But as they were walking again, as Pastor Kayla said, there was a lady who came and started just you know, mocking them and following them, so much so that out of frustration, a miracle happened. <laughs> Paul turned and said, just get out, spirit. And she was relieved of that. And, and that's huge. But the result was that they were then thrown into jail. And I don't know about you, but jail seems like a pretty definite place. The end of the line for them in this season. That their mission is now not over, but now they have to figure out what is next. And for a lot of you in your situation, you may feel like you're at the end of the line. You may feel like there is no escape. You may feel like the things that are holding you back will never come undone because this is your sentence in life. But it wasn't. You see, for Paul and Silas, they knew this wasn't the end, but that it could possibly be the beginning. So instead of wallowing in the situation that they were and having a pity party for themselves and saying, we're here forever, if you know anything about Roman law, being in a Roman jail was not a place you'd want to find yourself. But for them, they looked, at, they looked at it as an opportunity to find joy. I don't know about you, but when my life gets rough, when things are not going well, I don't look at them as opportunities of joy, but sometimes I look at them as opportunities of expressing my disappointment, expressing all the things that I did wrong and wallowing. But I know now that through Jesus, I need to look at it differently and find joy. And in those moments of grief and disbelief, I need to turn my attention to Jesus and find joy in him. And that's exactly what Paul and Silas did through worship. In their discomfort, in their situation, bound by shackles in a dark, desolate, dirty place, they chose to worship Jesus. They chose to lift their voices to their Savior with no promise of an escape. And you see that in this moment, what happened? The foundation shook, the door flew open, and the prison chains came loose. Now, as I was reading the scriptures, the Lord brought my attention to the order in which this happened. That first the foundation, foundation shook, then the door flew open, and then the prison chains came loose. Why is this significant? Because sometimes the very foundation of our beliefs, comforts, and truth need to be shaken. And sometimes in those moments of shakings, the door may open and we can see the perfect exit plan out of our situation. We can see the way out, but we're still bound. 
We need to wait for Jesus to speak and set loose those chains from our life so then we can move when Jesus says that we need to move. For many of you, the Lord has shown you the way out of your situation. For many of you, you see what you need to do, but for some reason you can't move. But I want to let you know today, continue to worship God. Continue to seek his joy because when he moves, you will move. Because God has a plan and a purpose for your life. God knows that he wants to impact people around you. God wants to do things through you that you could never imagine yourself doing. But he's going to do it when you tune your heart and, and tune into what he has for you. When you worship him in the situations where you could barely lift your own hands or your own head. He wants your worship so that he can infuse you with joy and the strength that you need to be able to walk out of your situation. You see, when you trust Jesus, things that were meant to destroy you no longer define you. As we continue this story, we see that this happened at midnight. Now, if you look through the scriptures, you can actually see that a lot of profound moments in scripture happen shortly past midnight. This was significant in this story because Paul and Silas was were prisoners at 11.59 p.m., but shortly after midnight, they were in a situation where they had a clear path to freedom. Again, when you trust Jesus, freedom and joy cannot be contained. You see, Psalm 35 says this, Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Midnight is a representation of a new day. What was once in your present is now in your past when we go by midnight. So whatever situation you find yourself in today, know that midnight is coming. You see, midnight is the transition between yesterday and today. In this story, the ground shook at midnight and a new day came. So for you, your foundation may shake at midnight, but a new day has come for you. The door was shut yesterday, but today the door has opened for you. The chains that bound you yesterday, today, they lay on the ground powerless. Why? Because it's a new day and we can rejoice and be glad in this new day. So will you live in the illusion of comfort with your door closed and your hands shackled and your feet shackled? Or will you praise the Lord for your, your circumstance and count your blessings and joy because morning is coming, freedom is coming. You see, friends online, wherever you're at, we all have these things that hold us back. But when we press into God, when we turn to him as our source, freedom is coming. A new day is coming for you. Now, the story gets better. It doesn't end there. Verse 27 says this, the jailer woke up. And when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourselves, we're all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be, you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in the house. Verse 33, at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then he, immediately he and his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house, 
and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he has come to believe in God, he and his whole household. You see, he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Again, when you trust Jesus, freedom and joy cannot be contained. Paul and Silas trusted the Lord, and freedom and joy came not, not only for them, but for the jailer and his family. You see, Paul and Silas thought they knew what their mission was, was to go and, and, and to, to Macedonia and see uh, you know, Lydia and the family, and they thought it was done, but then they were in jail, and now they're about, they see the exit plan, they see where they need to go, but they, they are about to go, and there's a jailer right there, and he's saying, how must I learn the Lord? And they realize that God had a different mission, a different plan for their life that they would have never been able to fulfill if they didn't end up in that dark and cold place. You see, there's amazing things that can happen when we trust Jesus, and the story goes on. You see, midnight came, doors flew open, jailer comes, says, how must I, how can I know Jesus? How can I know God? They go to his house, they have a meal, his whole family gets saved, and they find true joy, but Paul and Silas, actually, later that morning, reincarcerate themselves. They go back to jail. Why did they do this? For the sake of that jailer. If they would have just left, that jailer would have been executed. But they went back to this place of discomfort in order for that jailer not to face punishment. You see, sometimes we must return to difficult places we thought in our own power have overcome in order for God to overcome it. And I don't know about you, but in my life, I've gone through some stuff. And I know that you go through some stuff. And sometimes we go, yeah, God's deal with that, and we push it off as far as it can go. And, you know, maybe in our own self-power, we just want to get it over with. But then the Holy Spirit begins to prompt us. The Holy Spirit begins to go to that place and say, "Uh uh-uh, I need to actually heal this area of your life. And it's uncomfortable, and I'm unwilling to do it. But the more I let go and lean in to the discomfort of my situation and say, Lord, do what you will, he restores and he heals and he brings joy. I don't know about you, but if I saw the exit path, I would run for it, and I would never go back. But in this story, we learn something very, very deep and very, very true that sometimes we need to go back to those places that we thought we overcame in our power for God to overcome it in his power. You see, when they went back, the jailer regained his life. When they went back, then the magistrate realized that there was a mistake, that Paul and Silas were actually uh, Roman citizens and they should have never been in jail, and they wanted them just to leave quietly, but Paul and Silas said, no, we did nothing wrong. Bring the head honchos down here and escort us out of here because we didn't do anything, you guys did, so don't treat us anymore like this. Bring us out with dignity. So they did, and then they went back to Lydia's place, and they continued their original mission, and then they went on their way. You see, 
sometimes God gives us a little detour because he has a different plan in mind than the plan and purpose that we had in mind. So I don't know about you, maybe you're in a job right now that you absolutely despise and you want out, but God is saying, I need you there because I have so-and-so in mind for you. I have so-and-so there that they, they need to hear the gospel of Jesus. They need to see your life as an example, how you surrender and worship God through joy that they will want to know how they can meet Jesus. And maybe you never know, maybe you'll be invited to their house for a meal and next thing you know, them and their whole household are now in the courts with Jesus. You never know what God wants to do with your life. And if I've learned anything in the years that I've been alive right now is that God uses sometimes my worst moments to bring his greatest moments. So when you know and trust Jesus, he will free you and bring you joy. Again, the jailer was filled with joy because he believed in God, and he and his whole household were filled with joy. So true joy is only found in intimacy with the Father, and it is from this place of joy and intimacy with him that we have confidence to step out of what is comfortable and safe into the beautiful calling that God has for us. So today, let's walk in this freedom and walk in this joy, which is knowing our Heavenly Father. So right now, in your homes, I want you to know that you're not alone. I want you to know that you can have joy. I want you to know that you can have a relationship with Jesus. I want you to know that you are good enough. Just like the, the students that shared their testimony today, Aiden and Gabrielle, just like their testimonies God can reach them. He can reach you. There is no junior or senior Holy Spirit. There is just the Holy Spirit, and he wants to meet you today in your home. If you were willing to open your heart and not let the bondages of this life in the jail cell that you might find you're in, the captivity that you might find your mind in, your heart in, whatever it may be, I believe that God will break loose those things and bring joy into your life when you praise him in your circumstance. So today, if you're at home right now sitting down and watching this, I want you to do something bold with me. If you want joy and freedom for your life, I want you to just stand up right in your home and just put your hands out and stand up right in your home with your hands out. And if it's your first time and you don't know Jesus and you want a relationship with Jesus, you want to know who this Heavenly Father is that will bring joy to you, that can shake your foundation, blow open the escape door, and remove those shackles, then today I want you to stand too and say these words with me. Father, forgive me, for I'm a sinner. But Father, I give my life to you. Lead me, free me. And fill me with your Holy Spirit and joy. Today we celebrate all the people that took that step in their living rooms, at home, wherever you are right now. We celebrate and we know that God is moving. Even though we had a power outage this morning, even though this room is empty, even though there's restrictions and a tough year, we know that God is still moving and he's still bringing people close and freeing them in his power. So today I'd like to pray for us before Pastor Rhonda comes up and closes our service. And I want to pray for freedom in our lives, for freedom in our situations. So Father God, I pray right now that those online are not standing alone, those tuning in are not standing alone, but Lord, I pray that your spirit is right there with them 
that your spirit is right there with them and that we're praying and believing for freedom across all generations. We're praying and believing for freedom from our sin, Father. We're praying and believing that the hurt and unforgiveness that we may have will be absolved in your name, Father. We pray that freedom from doubt and disbelief will happen, Father. We pray that freedom from whatever has been stripping us from our dignity, beating us daily, and keeping us shackled up will be set loose in Jesus' name. And we pray for new foundations in our life that are built on rock and not shifting sand. We pray for these foundations to be sturdy and strong, Father, and those foundations to be on you and your joy for us. So, Father, we pray like the jailer that when he believed that we also believe so we and our households can be saved and be filled with joy. So, Father God, I pray right now for every single person that has taken the step to stand and say that they want joy, that your Holy Spirit would just infuse them right now with joy, that in their situation, instead of looking down at their situation, they look up and see your face and are filled with joy. Father, I pray for those that are um, being held by anxiety and depression. Father, I pray just an infusion of strength so they can get up and get the help that they need. Father, I pray for anyone that is feeling like they can't take the next step out of self-doubt and, and no confidence, Father. I pray that your joy will enter their life and give them confidence. Father, I pray for anyone who is in a hard time, Father, that has no hope, that you will be their hope today, Father. When they look up at the sun outside, Father, may they see your face shining back at them, Father. Today, we experience freedom and we experience joy in the mighty name of Jesus. And our church said, amen. Well, church, I thank you so much for joining us this morning, and I'm going to invite Pastor Rhonda up to close our service, but we had an amazing generation service today, and I just want to encourage you, you know, as we begin to reopen, you know, we can learn lots of things from each other as generation to generation. I know that I've learned a lot from those who have went before me, but I know that those who are coming up in age behind me have a lot to share on their views too, so I pray that together we can be one church that's multi-generational, multicultural church, and we can listen to each other and understand that without Jesus, we're, we're not able to do it. But with them, all things are possible. So I thank you all, and I invite Pastor Rhonda. Thanks so much.